Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. Music of America podcast continues. We're kicking off our visit to the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Our guest today is Matt Charles from New Bedford. Hey, bass players, the bag is a high quality leather gig bag family of products handmade in the United States with the finest craftsmanship and a beautiful, sophisticated, very cool overall appearance. They're made of some of the finest quality leather and cushion available and meant to last a lifetime, literally. They've got over 30 years in the leather industry and extremely proud to introduce this line of gig bags targeting to the skilled professional as well as the fun-seeking novice. Their hope is that you'll love the bag as much as they do. The bag, it's actually a whole line of gig bags, and they're available at Tony Vaughn Base Bags. You can find them on Facebook, Tony Vaughn Bags. You can find them in Sweetwater. You can find them at Musician's Friend, just any place you buy buy gear. Look for uh, the bag and Tony Vaughn Base Bags. They had a website, and uh, it's coming back. In the meantime, just find them on Facebook, Tony Vaughn Base Bags. Matt Charles is a harp man, not had a harp man on here yet. How about that? You're my first. I mean, I've had guys on that can play the harp while they're playing guitar or something like that, but this is like your your baby, right? That's your gig. Yeah, that's my main thing. Uh, You know, I I sing as well, but, Uh uh, you know, I've uh, more in the past, uh, you know, I've actually done more work as a side man until recent years. Yeah. Um, You know, your full amp and... uh, bullet mic and old school <laughs> how fun how fun uh, and we found out that we are we have some commonalities because matt is actually from my neighboring state i've got a dual citizenship in vermont and missouri and you have a sort of dual citizenship in illinois and massachusetts right yeah I, you yeah. lived in illinois and i was born in illinois <laughs> it's what got me into the blues you know hearing uh hearing it on the radio in chicago yeah. uh yeah. and uh at, Actually, the only two guys who ever taught me how to play were both from Chicago as well. Really? Yeah. Well, we're going to blow a harp, man. <laughs> go there, go to Memphis, go to New Orleans, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Memphis. Jeez, there are a lot of harp players there yeah. for sure. You ever take the ride down 61 Highway? You go from uh, Chicago through St. Louis into Memphis, into the Delta, and all the way down to New Orleans. No, but I'm actually planning on doing that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's like, you know what? I'm going to do it. You know, next time I'm, uh, I, I got some time and I'm going to be hanging in Illinois. It's not, it's not really too bad a drive. It's not. It's not. Uh, and it's fun. You know, just to think of the history and think of your, your background. So you said you were inspired by Chicago artists. Who, uh, who did you grow up listening to? Like, what, let's back that up. What got you into the harp? Why not guitar? Why not bass? Why not drums? Why not trumpet? Uh, well, well, actually, it's funny you mentioned trumpet. As a kid, I played trumpet. Okay, um, my teacher uh, was actually uh, Bonnie Brown, who ended up becoming uh, first. Uh, I think she was the first ever female bugler at the Kentucky Derby. Years later, oh, you're kidding. Um, yeah, and she was a great teacher, but um, they were always trying to teach us how to play like classical or Mm -hmm. or, uh just like stuff that didn't really speak to me um and she noticed i like to improvise (laughs) 
um, and that's not what the, like I, I actually got a C in junior high band. <laughs> Don't you um, hate that? <laughs> but I, I, I uh, they, they just, uh, I, I never liked replicating someone else's music like note for note and yeah. i will learn how to do it even with the harmonica like i will learn a little walter song note for note uh -huh. and then the second i go do it live uh, i'll make up my own solo <laughs> even if i'm playing <laughs> or i'll use part of their solo um the harmonica drew me in really because it's a unique wind instrument not only can you play single notes on it you can also play chords Mm -hmm. And you can block holds with your tongue and make these octaves. You can't do that on a saxophone. Right. You can't do that. Um, guitar, I actually uh, play some rudimentary guitar. I just like have, I don't know, I was kind of like just everyone else played guitar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I went to Northern Illinois University right. and lived in an art dorm with a bunch of musicians. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, you know, it's like, Harmonica, I pull one out of my pocket. I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> that was what was cool, too, about harmonicas. I bought uh, years ago, musician's friend or guitar center, one of the other, had a set for like 30 bucks. You could buy every, you bought a set and it came with a case and you got every major key. Yeah, so, I, I, got a, I, I got a full uh, a case right here. You know, I got the old uh, uh, tweed uh, Fender case they used to make. And yeah. uh, uh, I got probably... 20 harps uh uh i play all uh Seidel harmonicas too i've been an endorser for years which and what uh, does, oh is that a brand see i don't know anything about the harp so uh it, so it, it was invented in germany and the two oldest companies are honer and Seidel. Oh, okay uh, now honer i've heard of yeah yeah everyone has you can go into any shop and get a honer and Seidel uh had the misfortune of being in east germany Oh, <laughs> for the Cold War and yeah, yeah. couldn't be imported here for many years. Um, and uh, but they're the only company that makes uh, the reeds out of steel. Oh, wow. So, no kidding. So uh, which that makes them uh, they may cost a bit more, but they also last five or six uh, times longer for me. And uh, guys like Charlie Musselwhite, James Cotton actually switched to these harmonicas. Well, we don't. Every player, uh, especially pro players, are going to like something different because yep. uh, one of the other things that drew me to the harp was every player sounds completely different because even your jaw shape, your head shape changes the, the instrument because right. your body is the resonator. There's no big chamber like in a guitar that you get the tone out uh -huh. of. Every, everything comes in from inside your body. I I have a, uh, I'm known for having big boomy sound. Uh, I mean, I think part of that's I got a big boxy jaw and, you uh -huh. know, I, I, I got a big build, you know, it's, um, you know, I've noticed some players that are kind of smaller guys, their sound might be a little brighter. But... So would you say yours is, uh, when I talk about like my Strat, it's got a, a real low, gruff, ballsy sound to it compared to a a brighter sound like my telly. Yeah, I was mostly self-taught on the harmonica, and I was drawn to a lot of players. Like um, some of the first guys I heard, um, it was funny actually. The first harmonica I ever heard on the radio was played by James Cotton. It was the 1977 Muddy Waters version of Manish Boy. Uh huh. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. So I don't know that. So it was James Cotton on that. Yeah, it was a, James Cotton. Ton of Muddy Waters music, and that was one of my favorite songs when I first started getting into the blues. Was Manish Boy? Yeah, 
Cotton was a guy um, who had a real dark, beefy sound. As far as the British Invasion rockers, uh, he was a pretty solid player, was Keith yeah. Ralph from the Yardbirds. That ended up uh, just grabbing my ear. I'm like, that's cool. Maybe I should go buy a harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I went and bought some cheap garbage, like $5 C harmonica. I think yeah. I broke it within a week, but there was something about the layout of the instrument that I pick it up and I play it. You know, I'm 18 years old here. I'm like, oh no, I just think I can figure this out. And I already knew I had a musical aptitude um, just from playing trumpet. But mm. at the time I, I gave that up in like sixth grade uh, just because, you know, if they had uh, actually taught me about like jazz and blues, I'm going to stuck with it. <laughs> you brought up the C harp and I noticed that too. Like when you buy, you go to a, a Walmart, you go to a target, you go to a kid's toy store, whatever. And you buy the very first harp. seems like all first harps are in C in the key of C. What's yeah, the logic behind that? It, it's, it's kind of in the middle of uh, other harps. Uh, the, the funny thing is in my pocket, I carry an A harp. Uh, uh, one of the guys, uh, actually, he played on the last Muddy Waters album, King B. His name's Jerry Portnoy. Uh, uh -huh. And he was Muddy's harp player for, I think, seven years. Uh, okay. From like 74 to 81 or something like that. Mm -hmm. I, I, I took a few lessons from him, too, just... Uh, recently because he lives on the cape now <laughs> oh no kidding how cool is that uh, yeah i just started following him around a gigs till he started i got friendly with him and he started teaching me stuff <laughs> so what's the logic then to the uh, the c harp being universal and then you play an a a makes sense to me because you do a lot of blues yeah and that's what, what where i was going with that is jerry port always said oh i knew you were a real player when i asked you what uh you had in your pocket and it was an a <laughs> <laughs> um so why an A harp versus a C harp? Um, just because most blues songs, like or more common blues songs, are in E. I mean, there's plenty of Chicago blues that's in C. As far as C harmonicas being the teaching guide, I think it's mostly just because when you buy just stock standard harmonicas and not getting special, like the lower harmonicas are easier to bend on typically and have good control, whereas the higher harps, um, it takes a little more effort to bend some of the notes on them. And this is my own theory, but the reason why there's so many in C is because C is a good starting point to learn how to play Mary Had a Little Lamb, yeah. uh, Baba Black Sheep, you know, the simpler songs, Old MacDonald. Now we can play note for note. You can learn the very basic concepts of music by playing something as simple and portable as, as, a, as a harp. The, the other reason is they use the C is because... Uh, Harmonica for blues, a lot of it's, it has to do with the circle of fifths and they do uh, positions. Uh, so first position on a C harmonica would be I'm playing the C harmonica in the key of C. What you usually hear in music, especially blues, is you're hearing the C harmonica played in the key of G. Yeah. And yeah. you're doing the blues scale and bending to get the flat notes. Yeah. And then you could do uh, Dorian on that and then you'd be in right. D minor. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I'm following you, but I'm sure a lot of people are getting lost in this. So, <laughs> and I a, actually don't know a ton of theory. Like I, yeah. I play by ear, uh, uh, but uh, I, I basically just learned scales on it. Yeah. Um, so the A harmonica I'd be using uh, mostly in the key of 
E. Right. And so, a lot of blues are played in E, E minor, so it makes sense. Now, the first, yeah. the first song we're going to listen to play is not an original, though. It's a cover called Shake Your Hips. And you said it's been covered by the Stones, but it's been covered by other people. I remember hearing it by the by the Stones, but it was covered. They they played it. It was a cover. Yeah, that was an old uh, initially. I mean, they were a fan of Slim Harpo. That was an old uh, XLO Records, uh, Louisiana Blues yeah, yeah. single. I think it came out in '66. Yeah, and I, I had done that in the band uh, as a sideman when I played with Aaron Harp and the Delta Swingers out of Boston for a few years. I toured with them. Oh, fun! And, and uh, yeah, I actually think I've done that in about uh most bands i've been in actually i've done that song that's fun <laughs> well let's give it a listen this is uh matt charles and his rendition of shake your hips Shake, baby. Shake your hips, baby. 
Shake Your Hips with Matt Charles from New Bedford, Massachusetts, here on the Music of America podcast. You know, I have this custom-made, handmade acoustic guitar I've named Margaret. has the tonal quality of a certain brand name, high-end guitar, which will remain nameless, but this baby fits my hand perfectly with her mahogany neck. It glides so easily when I play, but what I love most is that low-end sustain, Okay. Well, she was built for me by Joe Mendel of Joe Mendel's Frets, one of our sponsors here at the Music of America podcast. A maple bridge and fretboard, a veneer Zircoat headstock, but it's the spruce body, I think, that really gives it its resonance and sustain. It's just a beautiful looking guitar, beautiful sounding guitar, or as my granny would say, it's beautiful. Okay. And it was custom made for me from Joe Mendel's Frets. www.joemendelsfrets.com dot com matt charles do you custom make harps can you buy custom made harps you actually can buy custom made harps uh, uh a lot of guys uh there's a special type of bending called uh overblowing it's <laughs> just really really complicated uh um you're it, it's a uh way of getting extra notes and playing chromatically on a diatonic harmonica show me since we we've talked about this before the show and this is one of those instruments that we can actually play live without a lot of delay issues so let's hear it let's hear it on your harp let's hear what you're talking about okay so a regular bend i mean uh for blues is i'll just do the blues scale you're those kind of flat sounding notes i'm bending so an overblow is a way of choking the reed on a uh, blow note. And it, I wish they hadn't called it that because when I heard it, it sounds like you have to play it like really hard. Apparently, you got to be really soft. Oh, really? But, okay. But here's your standard uh, six blow note. That, that high note uh-huh. is an overblow. So uh, it made the note jump to the uh, flat third, which you need for blues. And the uh-huh. other place you'd get it is that three draw bend. Like, like when you hear spoonful, it's like. Yeah. But um, that's not something that, like I'm pretty old school the way. I mean, when you hear uh classic blues guys didn't even know about that till the 70s so when you're like the classic guys like they're doing like the that's not something you even uh hear on uh old blues recordings that's more of a progressive modern thing but is it actually yeah you actually have to set up and adjust the gapping of the reeds of the harmonica to be able to do that wow consistently uh except so, for these side L's that are like pretty high-end harps uh because yeah. you, you know uh, you know you pay for that with the harmonica right but that's something you would have custom made you were saying right yeah if you were to take a honer a lot of people uh honers or suzuki harmonicas they they will get them uh they will customize, put a new comb in the har- middle of the harmonica, have yeah, them adjusted yeah. so they can do that. And, uh, you know, with me, I'd rather just switch harmonicas for different things. <laughs> but you, you can do it. Um, uh, I, I only 
ever customized one myself, and I retuned a reed with a jeweler's file. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, because uh, Alan Wilson from Canned Heat had done that for the song On the Road again, and I wanted uh -huh. to be able to play that note for note. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Now, the the next couple of songs we're going to hear, these were studio songs, right? Recorded in studio? Yes. Yeah, so these were all uh, done at Q Division with uh, uh, Matt Stubbs, Pat Faherty from GA20, who, uh, you know, they're getting pretty popular, and uh, uh, Matt Stubbs produced it. Uh, he's you know excellent player. He uh, actually has been Charlie Musselwhite's guitarist for 10-plus years, I think. No um, yeah. And uh, Chris Anzalone at the time was uh, gigging with them, and he was in a uh, room full of blues. Uh and uh, he's played with a bunch of other people. I mean, he's like the blues drummer in the area okay. that everyone wants. Now, was they a band that played with you, or was the the Wandering Ones, is that a separate band? That is a band I put together with separate artists uh, to play live, and uh, so that's that's actually upright bass, one guitar, drums, and me, uh, so in place of a lead guitar, we have the harmonica doing most of the lead lines. Oh, how fun. Yeah. Well, allows me, allows me to play more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, you sing too. So do you sing in that band as well? or Some songs uh, we have. Uh, yeah. Uh, Johnny, our singer, uh, will uh, we'll, uh, do most of the lead vocals. Um, but you know I, I i do some of them. depends on the song you know certain yeah. songs his voice works better and sure certain songs mine do basically so first, if i wrote it <laughs> that's what i was going to ask you the first of the two we're going to hear that's on this album uh who do you think you are did you write that or did somebody else write that that was the first song i ever wrote really uh, yeah actually um i uh yeah the album's half covers half originals that's the first thing i ever wrote with lyrics uh uh like muscle white's first album there's uh a lot of uh instrumental tracks uh -huh. on it too so it's like half vocal half instrumental you know it, it, it was just to showcase the harmonica right that one i wrote um you know, it sounds like a breakup song i was in the, i wrote it while uh <laughs> i was in the middle of a unpleasant uh departure from a band Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I was in, so... Uh, so it's not a girl? Not a it's woman. not, even <laughs> though I kind of left it uh, open to open where... Open to interpretation, yeah. <laughs> uh, most people hearing it would think it is. Um, but, you know, it, it is a breakup song, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's uh, just funny. I'm actually on pretty good terms with these bandmates now. It's yeah. just, you know, yeah. that's the blues. You're singing about your life. Sure, absolutely, and you're able to write about it too. I, I'm not that good of a writer. I've tried writing, and I just uh, there there are life events that I would love to put because they they fit a blues story so well, you know. And uh, I try too hard, I think, and I I think I need to drink more and try try less hard, you know. <laughs> really, I mean, and you know, sometimes especially uh, anything blues or roots too, you got to like uh, well. It's it's kind of hard. I, I try to avoid the blues cliches. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like I'm not starting the song with "I woke up this morning." Or anything. Right. 
woke up but, this morning in a hurricane, right? <laughs> yeah, or um, yeah, it, it's uh, yeah. Actually, me this morning it was uh, woke up this morning and went back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, Funny. Well, but, who uh, do you think you are? Is the first song Matt Charles wrote, and we're going to give it a shout here on the Music of America podcast. Here we are, Matt Charles, and who do you think you are?
Who do you think you are? Matt Charles here on the Music of America podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. We'll be back and talk to Matt about one more song called What's Shaken. Are you a 30-watt amp guy? Because I've got like 50. I've got a couple of hundred watts. I've got a like small, solid state amps I mess around with, but they're not like the amps that I play through. Well, the 30-watt amp from Landry Amps beats every amp I've got. The LS30 came to Bill Landry by taking the red channel from his 100-watt LS100G3 and made one-channel, lower-wattage EL34-powered amp. After building the prototype, he divided one channel into two channels like a, or with a shared stack. As it turned out, that worked really well, nicely together. It bright switches, separate gain controls, master volumes on both channels, bam, the LS30 from Landry Amps with all the goodness of an EL34, all this and barely over 25 pounds. The LS30 from Landry Amps. Check him out on his YouTube channel, Landry Amps, or at his website, www.landryamps.com. Speaking of amps, was there a specific amp for the harmonica? There are some. I play a couple. I have two. Uh, it's funny. A lot of harmonica players will take those old Fender Tweed amps and do tube swaps to reduce the gain because, you know, I'm putting... Uh-huh. You know, I'm putting an old high impedance microphone on these uh, recordings. I mean, the f- that first song, Shake Your Hips, I just did, was just through the ribbon microphone oh, really? in this okay. studio. Who do you think you are and what's shaking? I used a old A-Static Crystal bullet microphone, and mm-hmm. I believe the amp I used on the session was a Lone Wolf Harp Train 10, so it's a harmonica-specific tube amp. Yeah, and I you like the tubes more than the solid state? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I actually had an audio engineer friend uh, do a blind test to see if I could really tell the difference. I, yeah. Right away, I could. Uh, they have a, I, I don't know, there's something about the way the amp just resonates, and you, especially when playing the harmonica. You can kind of feel what you're doing pushing the amp and the microphone, and the amp's way more important than the microphone. Like a good amp yeah. can make any dynamic microphone or crystal microphone sound good. Live, I use a 59 Baseman 90s reissue. Really? Okay. Uh, uh, which That's is interesting. It's pretty much the gold standard for uh, live harmonica players or touring yes, okay. artists. It's either a copy of that. I'm jealous my uh, one of my guitar player friends has an original one. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth more than my car. Yeah, that's um, funny. <laughs> uh, the best little harp amp I have ever ever played through is not even anything rare uh it's an old five watt uh kalamazoo model one and two and the two wow. has a uh yeah i got one sitting here next to me cabinets made out of particle board and they were made by gibson but what little tone oh. machines uh yeah. i've made it a point to literally just plug an sm57 into one of those to show people the tone really comes through the player not the yeah. rig yeah. i mean I, I see guys who are you know, just starting out going into blues jams and they think it's coming from the rig. And I'm like, no, it's all from you. I mean, you got to, that's advice I give the people. Uh, I played a show once, I had an amp problem. I played with an SM58 right into the PA system. Really? Wow. It sounded fine. I mean, you're not going to get the gain you get out of a tube amp though. So let's Uh, say you're walking down the street, you're at a blues festival in Memphis, right? You hear what song that makes you pull out your harp and you got to play along with it. You don't care who, where you are, or who's playing, 
what is the song that you've got to jam to when you hear it? There's probably a lot. So what's, how about one? Give me one. One song I got to jam to. I'd say if anyone's playing the song uh, or using something with a similar riff, because uh, it's a very common riff, uh, Boogie Chillin' Number 2. Yeah. That was done by John Lee Hooker with Canned Heat. but Yeah, way um, back when. There's something about that uh, groove he's vamping on. Like I, I like one-chord songs. Like yeah. I, I love one-chord songs because you can just, they, so much can happen with it. That song actually has one of the best harmonica solos I've ever heard. Yeah. And it was completely improvised. Um, Have you tried uh, to do it note for note? Have you tried to copy it? I have, and I actually did it once. Our version in the Delta Swingers of Shake Your Hips, I lifted the solo, yeah, and we were opening for a, uh, up in a festival for Jason Ritchie, who's one of the best players I've ever heard, Like, and he can do anything. He can go from classic blues to sounding like John Popper and Blues Traveler. Jerry Portnoy uh, said you could practice 18 hours a day for 30 years, and he said I'd never come anywhere close to this guy. (laughs) I got off stage after copping that solo, and a guy comes up to me and says, I know what you were doing there. And I'm like, (laughs) by the way, I'm Alan Wilson's younger brother. Oh, wow. I love that (laughs) that tribute to him. I'm like, "That, that was like... That might be the most heartwarming, like made me feel good, yeah, thing ever. Because uh, you know, Alan Wilson, you know, I, it's a shame he passed at twenty-seven. Uh, back in, I think it was nineteen seventy. He was from Arlington, Mass. Uh-huh. Um, you know, he's one of the very few guys I could say. You know, it's only one of my favorite guitar players. He was an amazing guitarist, but also one of my favorite harp players. Wow. Apparently. Jason Ritchie knew that he was going to be there and was going to do Boogie Chillin' number two. He uh, also recently had recorded his own version of Shake Your Hips, <laughs> which I, I merged the two songs together. So I, uh, and then Jason Ritchie, you know, he's a, he's a good guy, guy and everything. And he was like joking. He's like, you know, I, Alan Wilson's brother's here, and I was going to do Boogie Chillin' number two as a tribute to him. Yeah, yeah. And then this kid comes and does Shake Your Hips and lifts the solo and does it note for note. (laughs) And I was like 26 at the time. So, and uh, then he just gives me the big double middle finger from the stage. Thanks a lot. (laughs) And (laughs) it was one of the funniest moments. Uh, And the funny thing is it was some indoor festival and no... Of course, it was on a Sunday, and the Pats were in the playoffs. Oh, so no, no one saw this. That's funny. Uh, so, uh, so what's shaking? That's another one you wrote, or that's no- yes, I wrote that. That is my interpretation of West Coast blues, uh, which uh, define that. It's got a little more swing to it, which you hear in Little Walter. He kind of one of the reasons he charted better than guys like Muddy Waters or Howlin' Wolf on the. R&B charts is he yeah. was mixing swing and jazz like in with the blues. So it's a, it's a little more danceable than your standard Chicago blues. Gotcha. Uh, which is how I called it. What's shaking. Uh, plus it was the name of some, uh, I had some like sampler album from Electra records called what's shaking yeah. from 1965. And it's got like the love and spoonful. It's got early Paul Butterfield. Wow. Recordings. Yeah. Right. It's got the powerhouse, which was Steve Winwood and Eric Clapton. And I'm like, and I could tell when I picked up this record, there was a bunch of writing on the back. 
Yeah. Someone was putting what key the harmonica was when you play along. On. Oh, how fun. <laughs> so I'm like, I, that's got to be a song title. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that's great. From, from album title to song title, here's Mad Charles and a song called What's Shaken." Charles from New Bedford here on the Music of America podcast as we kick off the state of Massachusetts. So, Matt, this is the section of the show we call shameless self-promotion. So be shameless and self-promote. Let's hear what's going on. What can we what can we do to support you? How can we find your music and your merch and what's coming up in 2024? Well, uh, the last two songs, uh, What's Shaken and Who Do You Think You Are, are up on Spotify. You can stream them for free. Um, next year, I'm planning on uh, releasing the uh, entire session on uh, LP and streaming. Uh, it'll, it'll be self-release. Uh, it's just going to be called Highland Avenue, uh, which is the name of another track off the album. And uh, it's uh, yeah, I'm going for a real old school product too. You know, the whole album is in mono. We did it all one room. <laughs> no kidding! How fun! Actually, did it in one day. Too. I thought you said we did it in one take. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> actually, shake your hips was one take. No kidding. That's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, a few, a few of them. Uh, I'm like, I don't know. When you're going for that raw old school sound, I'm like, okay, we got it. Good enough. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm also uh, planning on getting into. Uh, you know, I got a gig coming up with the Wandering Ones in September. There's a new. Uh, center for the arts that's opening up in Fairhaven, Massachusetts. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I'm working out. I may be teaching a workshop 
uh, which I will uh, post more about uh, once that becomes uh, finalized, which is pretty much just, uh, you know, I basically do go do a group lesson and uh, help get people uh, going on the harp. I mean, uh, not necessarily uh, super uh, heavy on theory either. It's, right. uh, you know, you blow it's, in and draw, blow or, or blow out and draw, right? Yeah. I, you know, the, the goal is to get people uh, either started or improving what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and I'm just uh, looking to put new projects together in the uh, future and work on stuff. You know, I've done uh, recording sessions with people too. Actually, uh, mm -hmm. you know, last couple of years, I had to take a little bit of a break because of uh, some COVID issues. Uh, and, uh, but I've, uh, I continued to do uh, session music. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes the studios will uh, call me up and uh, say, hey, boy, come play harp. <laughs> well, that's what I was wondering. Like, I, I've got a lot of different blues musicians from all over the country that that listen to the show, that have been on the show, that are members of the show. If somebody hears your stuff, do you mind if I share your information with them? If they said, I'd love to get that guy come blow harp on the song that I wrote. Absolutely, yeah. And I've even had people let me do stuff remotely, too. It, it, that was uh, my next my next question. Have you done that before? Trading tracks, yeah. I think they call it. Yeah. yeah, actually, uh, uh, with Aaron Harp, I even uh, engineered some of my own uh, parts at, in, just in my apartment, you know, just like mic up the amp, put a good interface and software. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, that's one uh, thing I think is great about this day and age. Like, I love recording analog, like, and doing old school stuff. But, yeah. uh, you know, it, it the technology has gotten a lot easier as far as doing this stuff. Um, right. Right. You know, it, it was fun. The one time of the wandering ones, we did a single that was direct to two inch tape. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like pretty cool. I mean, but it did limit like what we could do post-production to it. Sure. Right. Well, um, unless you get a guy that's good with a razor. I mean, I, I used to, I, back when I was in radio back in the way back then, I used to splice all my commercials with a razor on tape, you know? In a lot of my interviews I did spliced with uh with tape. Yeah, it's it's like yeah, that you know, it's amazing some of the things people were able to do with tape. Right, right. Uh too. And just uh but uh that uh yeah, some of the stuff uh I mean it, it, it was cool when we, we uh with this album Highland Avenue though, we have uh we did stuff the old school way, you know, even though they, it was recorded you know, with the modern interface and pro mm -hmm. tools, yeah. all the mics, all the mics were old. I recorded it on a Sunday. So no one else would be in the building. We made basically an echo chamber like they had on chess records. Wow. Uh, I put a speaker, they put a speaker with the harp and vocals and drums at the end of the hallway. And then we had a mic at the under at the other end of the hallway and it's all concrete recording the echo. <laughs> huh. Huh. <laughs> and, fun. uh, yeah, and there was not an amp that wasn't tube on that. <laughs> well, beyond. So the album is called Highland Avenue. It'll be out in 2024. We can watch all streaming sites to find it or find you where? On Facebook, website, what? Yeah, uh, you can find me on mattcharlesmusic.com. Any, uh, any workshops or gigs or anything will be listed on there. Um, 
I also have a page on Facebook, Matt Charles, harmonica player, uh, should come up. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty easy to find on there. So. Okay. <laughs> it's all good. Well, we wish you good luck, good fortune in 2024. And uh, keep me posted when that release date comes around. We'll put it on our Facebook page or on our, we'll put it on our website. Yeah, I, I you know. will. And, you know, you know, thanks a lot for having me on the show. Hey, man, it's great. Our guest, Matt Charles from New Bedford, Massachusetts. Up next, we're going to Boston. We're going to meet Yoni Gordon. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.